Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores, the stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now, everybody. And we're talking about the border. New numbers out from Customs and Border Patrol. 200,000 plus migrant encounters since December 1st. It's only December 21st. 20 days. Over 10,000 illegal entries into the United States every day. Um, it's a big deal, everybody. Uh, we've got our friend Julio Rosas with us now. He's a Substack writer, so he's independent journalist. Mostly peaceful dot life is his Substack. Uh, and Julio, thanks for being here. Tell us where you are on the border and give us some sense of what you're seeing. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Buck. So right now I am by International Bridge Two in Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, I've been to this spot many times over the past few years, and this is by far the worst I've ever seen it. And it's because normally with the previous high encounters, they were able to keep, Border Patrol was able to keep the illegal immigrants all under the bridge. Or constantly, they had to have, they're using the this little depression that's right next to the bridge as this massive holding area. And as I've been seeing this morning, um, as soon as Border Patrol clears out one of the lines uh, to process people, another group that has crossed comes in and fills that spot back up right again. So it is, you know, towards the end of the year, we're heading into an election year where people are right now feeling that maybe this is, you know, kind of the last year for them to illegally enter the country this way, you know, in case there's a turn, a change in the administration uh, for the White House. So, you know, there's a lot of factors as to why, not just the Eagle Pass, but multiple areas along the border are experiencing an even bigger surge when compared to the past couple of years. So this is, just to be clear, Julio, a part of the Biden effect. I remember when Biden first came into office, there were illegals at the border who were on video saying, we're here because Joe Biden promised us we could come into the country or because Joe Biden's the president, we know we can stay in America now. And now there's a sense of, well, we better get in before there's the possibility that Joe Biden is not the president and you have a Republican administration. Border Patrol, first off, 
will, will they are they able to talk to you much, Julio? Because I remember under the Trump administration, it was come see what we're doing, talk to us. Under the Biden administration, I can't anybody I can't get anybody to give me a ride along anymore. Nobody will talk to me in ICE. Nobody wants to talk to me in Border Patrol except for some of the union guys who have the ability to without fear of their jobs. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, to answer the first part, yeah, this is absolutely a consequence of the Biden administration. It has been since day one. I, I've, I've, I've called the border crisis his first crisis because he undid everything um, on his first day, literally day one. Um, and yeah, no, in terms of with Border Patrol, they, I mean, there, there's a reason why they leaked to me, they leaked to Bill Malusian, and they leaked to some of the other border reporters because they cannot directly uh, talk to media because the Biden administration knows that if Border Patrol agents in their official capacity were able to candidly, you know, not, you know, politics aside, you know, they're able to candidly and honestly relate to us what they're seeing every day, it would make them, it would make the Biden administration look bad. And so that's why, yeah, I mean, the last time I was with Border Patrol was in 2020, right before right for the election in October. Uh, that's the last time I did anything official with them. Everything else has been through with Texas law enforcement uh, or, or the Border Patrol Union, and, you know, and which is hysterical because if you remember, the Biden administration was coming in saying, oh, we're going to be the most transparent administration, you know, compared to the last guy. And that's just, and, and, you know, that's false on many fronts, but I, I can tell you with my experience with the border, that is absolutely not true. And if you remember, when Title 42 was going away, uh, earlier this year, and there was that dip in encounters, the Biden administration was trying to take a victory lap saying, ah, see, you know, there was no, there was nothing to worry about everything. You know, there was just fear mongering from Republicans. But the only reason why that there was a dip in illegal crossings was because the migrants in Mexico wanted to see, okay, well, you know, with this new change, this is going to affect us. And as we've seen, you know, they, they, it's, this is still very much a free for all. We're speaking to our friend Julio Rosas. He's down in Eagle Pass, Texas, right on the U.S.-Mexico border, covering the most just overflowing and and uh, overrun border in certainly in, in the last 20 years. Uh, Julio, to that end, what is the pro? I mean, when there's I, I saw in the New York Post they said there are 200 migrants for every Border Patrol officer right now in Eagle Pass. Uh, it's probably more than that, but that's what their estimate is. And uh, what is the processing actually like when, when they're that? overwhelmed when resources are stretched that thin what is it like i mean somebody shows up they say what and border patrol does what after they enter the country illegally so uh, typically it takes about 20 minutes to fill out this paperwork and essentially it's just you know what what are you doing here where are you from where are you trying to go um and then it's a matter of scheduling their court date if they're going to claim asylum um now of course as as we've seen there's a lot of people who are not asylum uh, in the strictest definition for that the U.S. gives that claim for, a lot of these people, not everyone, but a lot of these people are economic asylum seekers, which doesn't fall under the protections that, that they're trying to seek. But um, that that's the problem. When you have all these people, you can't really take the time to really go through their history, go through the background checks, which are completely incomplete because it depends on if their home country is reliable to provide that update to us in the states. So, and you know, of course, it's not just Central or South America. This is people coming from all over the world. So, um, the the background checks are very very minimal. The the, the initial screening is very minimal. 
but because, again, the Biden administration wants to avoid the optics of having all these people waiting outside for days on end, it's just process them, process them as quickly as we can. It's basically like a conveyor belt, essentially, it, it, where it's, it, who it's is, really quick. Is anyone immediately, like, turned around and expelled from what you're seeing? How often does that happen? That, that if, if they are, you know, found to be, you know, you know, they just cannot make a claim for whatever reason, depending on their answers or if they have, you know, if something pops back up on a criminal background check, uh, that takes a, that takes a day or two. Um, and, and as we've seen, uh, they're, they're deporting about a couple, uh, you know, a step in the right direction, but it's a drop in the bucket when you have thousands coming across and then how, wait, how many are they deporting you actually you, you cut off there at least for me for a second how many are being deported uh, a couple hundred per day um a couple of hundred okay so ten thousand just to be ten thousand are entering across the whole border and from what you can tell a couple of hundred is that in your sector that, that's for that's for the entire that's for the entire southern border that's the whole border okay so i just want to i want everyone to hear these numbers right ten thousand illegal entries a day a couple of hundred who were told, no, 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 you don't get to stay. So 9,800 are like free and clear, going to the United States, do whatever they want. Maybe we'll see them in five years in court, but we won't. Okay. Uh, how does Border Patrol feel about this? I mean, they've got to be looking at this like, are they like the welcoming committee? They, they're, they're completely demoralized. Um, they've been demoralized going on two years now. I mean, there, there's there, the, the number of resignations and early departures from Border Patrol because this isn't what they signed up to do. They, they, they didn't sign up to be essentially Walmart readers and Uber drivers for, for people who are entering the country this way. And the problem is that now it's not just the Border Patrol agents, but it's the towns. The, you know, people, you know, for people who don't know, border communities on both the American and the Mexican side rely on the, the ports of entry being open. Well, right now, there's only one bridge that is completely open for vehicular traffic. When I was coming back from Mexico into the United States yesterday, there was one gentleman with his wife who was – about to enter the United States, and he had been in line for 11 hours in his car. He had been in there since 6 a.m., and he was finally getting into the border by, by around 5 p.m. Um, and so that disrupts trade, that disrupts the local economy. Um, so it's not just the border patrol agents that are feeling this; it's, it's the towns on both sides, and and it's a problem when it's not just one town, right? It's all these other towns that are also having uh, El Paso. Their their rail operations were were suspended because the custom agents, custom officers have to be redeployed elsewhere to provide back to the So, it's not, yeah, it's not even just that the border's wide open for the cartels to smuggle in drugs. Alongside the human smuggling, it's shut down for legitimate commercial activity now because of the, I mean, this is, it really just keeps getting worse, uh, Julio. Um, is, is there any sense at all from the people you talk to down at the border who are tasked with trying to keep this from just, I don't know, I don't know how much worse it could really get, but trying to hold it together to the degree they can you know, the Senate is talking about some kind of change in rules and maybe the Biden administration will do something. Is the belief that that the numbers will start to go down next year in anticipation of the election? Or is everyone just saying, throw your hands up in the air, it's going to be a free-for-all? Hey, the, the, the common sentiment is that it's going to be a free-for-all. Because like I said, right, when we when we have an election with, with Donald Trump probably being the nominee and, you know, having you know, his history – when it comes to the border, um, a lot of people are definitely going to see, definitely going to make that decision. You know, they, they've seen all their friends, they've seen all their families who already made the journey and already in the United States. Um, you know, if, if they were waiting before 
the election is going to kind of put light a fire under them to be like, okay, we have this is it's now or never because they they don't want to have to risk of uh, that this golden ticket, this golden opportunity, uh, you know, them missing out on it. Uh, so I think I think that's like I was saying. I think that's part of the reason why December is just getting absolutely slammed right now with with the numbers because. Um, I mean, the, the primary, you know, the Iowa primary is next month, right? So, or the caucus, excuse me. Um, so, I mean, this, we're, we're getting the full swing of election season. They're seeing all their friends and family here. Um, and, and it's pretty interesting too, because, you know, a lot of the, the sanctuary cities in, in the United States, they're, they're saying that we can't take anymore. Well, I'm here to tell them that too bad they're coming because the Biden administration isn't going to stop them. Yeah, New York, Chicago, L.A., and others, they're going to keep getting more and more of the illegals that they already admit they cannot afford to take in, they cannot handle as the numbers are piling up. Um, Julio, always good to have some from the front lines, down on the ground uh, perspective on this. So thank you for your your field work down there in um, in uh, Eagle Pass. And uh, go check out Julio Rosas' uh, substack, mostlypeaceful.life. Julio, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, people who love to save money have found something really fun. The Upside app. Carrie, my wife, she loves a good deal. I'll tell you, she gets so excited. Sometimes I say, honey, let's have, you know, steak tonight. She'll come home with pork chops. She's like, the pork chops were two for one. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, she loves a good deal. So she loves the Upside app because when you go, go purchase gas, groceries, or you go to any number of thousands of participating restaurants, you just get cash back. So if you download the Upside app, it's free in the App Store. It's free. Just download it. Totally free. Download it, and it'll take you about a minute to register. And from then on, it'll tell you which gas stations are closest to you that give you 35 to 40 cents off a gallon. Same Upside app will also direct you to grocery stores in your area that will give you 11 or 12% back on your grocery purchases. And it'll direct you to the Starbucks or Jersey Mike's or Chick-fil-A and thousands of other restaurants that give you cash back on your purchases. Every time you open the app, find one of those locations and just click on the button that says you're going there, you get cash back onto your credit card. It just goes right back onto that credit card. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my name, Buck. That's important because, you know, you heard about it here. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code so we'll get credit. And you get an extra $0.25 back for every gallon on your first tank of gas with Upside. So go into that app store. Download the Upside app. Make sure you use promo code Buck. Um, and you're going to be saving money. It adds up to hundreds of dollars over the course of the year, and it's fun, too, because you're just saving day in and day out. Check out the Upside app promo code BUCK today. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. How long do we keep our Christmas trees? I was wondering. This is, this is something that I'm thinking. We have a very nice tree here in the uh, Sexton household. Um, and our dog has not pulled that many ornaments off the tree yet. We did have to build a little fence around it. But, you know, she can't get over the fence, so that's good. But we had some friends over for dinner last night, and we were playing the Christmas music. And I was wondering, first of all, do you, is there at Christmas uh, Christmas time, is there too much Christmas music ever? Is that a thing you have to... Did you ever switch it over to just, you know, classic rock or something? Or do you just go Christmas music 24-7? And then how long do you keep your tree, for those of you who have trees? We went with a, with a standard classic Christmas tree. I did think a little palm tree in honor of Florida would be kind of fun. But, you know, it's tough to get a tiny palm tree, I guess, uh, or at least a real one. Uh, plastic tree, I was shot down on that one. I figured plastic tree, so easy to clean up. But I was told that that was not how we were going to do it this year. I've also been told already that, see, the great thing is when you get a, um, a puppy and you have a, uh, a, a wife or, uh, you know, husband, depending on, you know, who's in charge of the dog mostly, but the other person is mostly in charge of the dog, you get to play with the puppy all the time. And then you're like, you know what? I think I want another one, but I have been told we're going to hold off on the other one for a little while because that would be a lot because uh, I'm not the one who's dealing with the majority of the, the puppy upkeep. I just get to play with her. And some of you can see on the, I have, you know, scratch, I've been having scratches and little cuts on my hands. Um, that's from playtime with the puppy. So if you watch us on the, on the YouTube or on some of the social media videos we put up, uh, if you're wondering, no, I have not, uh, I have not, you know, embarked on like a fencing career or something. Although I guess fencing, you wouldn't get cuts on your hands really. I did fence a little bit growing up. Very rudimentary, like the, the intro, intro to fencing, um, intro to boxing, intro to fencing, intro to judo through the New York Athletic Club, what they called the Saturday morning boys program. And the one thing I really did, judo was cool. I even wrestling was cool. Boxing, 
was 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 good, of course. Uh, the fencing was the one thing I couldn't really get into. I don't know. I prefer the. Um, there are these groups now that do. It's like fencing, but broadsword fighting. So think of the some of the swords you'd see. Well, in Braveheart, that's a that's a two. William Wallace is swinging around a two-handed great sword, which is enormous. Um, it was a real thing, really only used for dueling, not used on the battlefield, which makes sense when you think about it. You know, you're going to be in close quarters with people trying to swing around a six foot long sword is, uh, it's going to be a little unwieldy. And if somebody else just has a, a dirk, you know, a little dagger and can just kind of sneak up on you or a spear and get you, get you quickly. Um, how did I get into like medieval warfare and swords? This went, uh, I was talking about Christmas trees, Christmas trees and maybe even Christmas movies. You know what I mean? Sometimes this is just where the mind goes. But uh I was thinking also of my favorite, what would be my favorite Christmas movie? And if you're talking classics, classic Christmas movies, you know, there's uh, <laughs> Miracle on 42nd Street, right? There's, um what's the one with the kid with the BB gun? That's a Christmas story, right? Where did the, and the other kid, like, uh we used to... They used to show this in school when the teachers were sick around this time of year. If we had like a substitute teacher, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Is it a Christmas story? The kid puts his tongue on the frozen pole. That's where I learned. Don't do that. Christmas story, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a classic one. But if you're looking in the modern era, I gave you guys the, the movie to watch after Christmas with your family. If you have never seen it before, I just think Master and Commander is a great and very underrated movie for what it is. And a lot of you reacted to that yesterday when we posted that, uh, clip from the show on social media. Um, I, I gotta say the original Home Alone is a really good movie. Am I alone in thinking this? The original Home Alone for a Christmas movie is a really good movie. Um, you can watch it with the whole family. I mean, it is a little, I'm not trying to be a spoiler here. You know, they, they, I feel like they could have called the neighbors and said, Hey, can you check on Kevin and see if you know, but you know, whatever, suspend your disbelief. Um, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci, quite a range as an actor. I've got to say. From my cousin Vinny to Home Alone to playing various nasty gangsters and Goodfellas and Casino. Um, so yeah, my my rec is uh, Home Alone One. I think it's I think it's quality. I also think Chalk is quality. Chalk is an amazing company that has the best ingredients in their supplements you can find anywhere. All about ingredients and supplements that will really help you. So I'm just waiting for the first VIP on Clay and Buck to shoot me an email about Chad mode. Because I'm telling you, it is the best pre-workout I have ever used in my life. And I use it before exercising. I actually have been using it because I've been furiously writing these days to try to hit some writing deadlines. And Chad mode gives you energy, gives you focus. You can even feel a little tingle from it sometimes. But Chalk also has the male vitality stack if you want to take a broad-spectrum approach to a lot of different health challenges, focus, endurance, uh, energy, go to chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Save 35% off your Chad Mode subscription when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. That's for life, not just one time. That's chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use promo code Buck for 35% off. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Clay and Buck show. Uh, Clay in Australia, having a great time. And uh, makes me want to go to Australia. Because he has gotten to hang out with a koala already. I am jealous. Although people always say koalas are uh, kind of mean. And they eat eucalyptus leaves, I think, which chill them out a little bit. I feel like, could I feed some eucaly- eucalyptus leaves to ginger? I don't think I can give her ginger. I think dogs 
can't eat ginger, right? I know they can't eat garlic. There's all these foods you're not supposed to eat. Don't worry. I only give her, she's very spoiled. We give her like specialized treats. She's on a, like a raw food diet. And, you know, yet last night I made some steaks and gave her a little bit of filet mignon. So she's very spoiled. Um, as every good little puppy should be. But, uh, yeah, um, koalas, they are, they look really cute and cuddly. They are not in, in real life. Um, I think that's also true of kangaroos. You mess with a kangaroo. You've all seen that video where the guy has to, uh, free his dog from the grasp of a rather large kangaroo and he kind of throws it like a right cross and hits the kangaroo. And yeah, you never know. So things could get crazy down there in, uh, in Australia. I'll have to go check it out for myself at some point. All right, we've got a lot of calls in, 800-282-2882. It's holiday season, hanging out with all of you across the country, maybe putting the finishing touches on your tree right now. Maybe after I outed myself as wrapping paper inept, maybe you've been watching some YouTube tutorials or however you uh, improve your wrapping skills because that's a that's a thing that you could be doing this hol- this holiday season. Um, or, you know, maybe you're going to a soup kitchen and just like helping people and really getting into the Christmas spirit. There's also that, uh, that part of it too, um, which I think is important. The commercialization of Christmas. I don't want to sound like a Grinch, but the over commercialization of Christmas is something that I, you know, look, it, it's always about a balance, right? You want to have the, the tree and the presents and fun and the, and all that stuff is great, but you know, it is supposed to be about, uh, for Christians at least, the, uh, birth of, Jesus, our Savior, and also a time to reflect and be with family and think about what really matters. I want to get to some calls. We have Rodney in Hampton Roads, Virginia. What's up, Rodney? Hey, <laughs> thanks for taking my call. Great show. Last time I Thank called you. this number, I was talking to, to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to weigh in on something. I'm an African-American U.S. history teacher and author here in Hampton Roads, Virginia. And our last governor, I actually wrote to him concerning this whole thing about taking down Confederate statues. Was that McAuliffe? Uh, no. Oh, no, Northam. Uh, Northam, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking. Go ahead. And the interesting thing is this. We really lost context. My suggestion was this. Every time you have, let's say, for example, uh, a statue of uh, Jefferson Davis, for example, you don't take him down. You, you put up Lincoln next to him. And they're turning together, they're looking each other in the eye, and they're shaking hands. Anytime you have a Lee, you put a, you put a Grant next to him. And Grant's got his hand on his shoulder, and they're looking towards the sky. You know, because, you know, we brought closure to this war. And we don't have closure represented in these statue, in these statues. It's not about taking things down. It's, it's, it's about changing the context. And teaching a history, you know, we used to we used to talk about the poem of uh, Johnny Reb and Billy Yank, the two soldiers, you know, on, on either side they would trade cigarettes for coffee, and they would you know stop stop shooting at each other for a while, and 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 show some humanity. That's kind of what we need to do. We need to stop and and put things in context, and, and rather than seeing you know taking another thing down, which which just, uh, you know, makes some people angry and then changes the perspective of history that we can learn from. Yeah, well, it's, uh, first of all, Rodney, I mean, excellent perspective and, and, um, and thank you for, uh, putting these, these thoughts out there and giving us this, this context. This particular work, 
uh, as I had described in the first hour, um, the Confederate Memorial in Arlington Cemetery. It's, it's a piece of art. Um, it's a piece of history. It's, there's important history that led up to its specific creation and, and it was part of healing and the reconciliation of, of the country. And I, I would say that, uh, Jim Webb, who is, a, a dem, you know, formerly in politics, he's a former Marine as well. I mentioned this op-ed he wrote in the Wall Street Journal and part of it, which I didn't get to, and thank you for calling in, Roddy. Um, part of it was he said he went to, uh, you know, he, he went to Vietnam and he was part of the effort to, uh, try to bring, you know, us effectively to a different place. Here you go. He wrote in 1992 as a private citizen and a veteran of the Vietnam War. This is from his op-ed quote. I was seeking to begin a process of reconciliation with our former enemy and hosted a delegation of Vietnamese, Vietnamese officials in Washington. One of my objectives was to encourage Hanoi finally to make peace with the South Vietnamese veterans who had fought against the North and who after the war were labeled traitors, denied any official recognition as veterans, and hundreds of thousands were imprisoned in re-education camps. To make my point, Webb writes, I brought them to the Confederate Memorial. Pointing across the Potomac River from Arlington National Cemetery toward the Lincoln Memorial, I told them the story of how America healed its wounds from our own civil war. The Potomac River was like the Ben Hai River, which divided North and South Vietnam. Um, and he wrote this, of course, in, in support of not removing the Confederate Memorial, but I've been to Vietnam, um, just as a, as a tourist. I just went, I was, I was curious. I, it's a really fascinating country. I mean, I, uh, culturally, I find it very interesting. Um, my little brother and I went many years ago and, uh, one thing that is, <laughs> you as an american it's it's certainly going to be most people's first experiences with this they have a war i'm sorry a, a museum rather devoted to i i forget the specific um dis- description but it's basically the war of american atrocities and military aggression a uh, museum i keep saying war museum uh, a museum dedicated to the war of that uh, aggression so we're the bad guys is the point. There's a whole museum in Vietnam of America as the bad guys in the Vietnam War. And they show stuff in there. And they show stuff uh, a lot of it. Now, of course, their own, you know, their own atrocities and their I mean, that's all left out and this it's propaganda. It's a propaganda museum. But it's not something you're used to seeing as an American a lot of people. You're not going to see that in Germany. You're not going to see that in Japan. Um and you're not going to see it in South Korea. You would if you were allowed in North Korea, but of course you're not allowed. Uh, the point though that Webb made in that, in that op-ed I think is a strong one, which is when a conflict is over, we have to come together as human beings and get beyond that conflict. That there's, there's worth in that. There's merit in that. Um, there's a duty in that. And in order to bring the country together after, remember I mentioned almost 300,000 dead on the Confederate side, obviously hundreds of thousands dead on the Union side as well, but many, many Thousands and thousands of maimed and you know, lost legs, lost eyes, lost arms in this fight, and they lost. And then it was time for the country to come together and move on. The battle was lost by one side. The country needed to come together and move on. And the Arlington Monument that now they are in the process of of removing from Arlington, you know, the Confederate Monument at Arlington Cemetery was meant to be a part of that process. It is not a monument to, oh, man, 
the North were the, the North were awful and Lincoln was a tyrant and slavery should have been maintained. None of that. It was, they fought, they fought hard, they lost, let's bring the country together. That was supposed to be the sentiment behind it. That was why it was constructed and there was, it was serving a purpose at the time. And why is its removal worthwhile now? Um, what does that, what does that accomplish? Especially at a time we recognize we are very divided as a country. And there is a movement afoot, we're quite aware of this, to tear down our shared history, including the founders, including the constitution, written by, you know, racist white men and all of this. No one really believes that it's just about the Confederates anymore, right? We, we all understand that. And if you have any doubts about this, go and see some of the other statues that have been vandalized and destroyed always by People on the left, Democrats, Democrat voters. I'm not saying all Democrats do this or agree with this, but the people that do this stuff, it's Democrats. Just like the, you know, the BLM rioters, Democrats, not people on the right. Um, and it's, uh, it's not going to stop until we make it stop. It's not going to stop until we as a country understand that there's something more important than, uh, appeasing those whose feelings will never be appeased because it's not about justice. It's about power and it's about power right now. The moment that you understand that, you see exactly where they're going with it. I want to take more of your calls. 800-282-2882. Also in the next hour, the president of Harvard. 40 plagiarism accusations now. 40. Four. Zero. Is she going to be able to stay as the president of the most, uh, you know, elite academic institution in the world, or at least people at Harvard believe so? We will discuss that, and I will tell you where I think it's all going. But, you know, you worked hard to build your retirement savings. It's important. So you deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. So you can get yield without taking crazy risk. Well, the Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. I've invested in the Phoenix Capital Group myself with my own capital because I believe in them. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401K and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment packet at phxonair.com. You can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Go to phxonair.com today. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang. A weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media and we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on but we do it without the left-wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. As I said, we're going to dive into the latest controversy around the president of Harvard's plagiarism accusations. And I'll I'll revisit why I am not inclined toward mercy in this plagiarism case. Uh, I'll revisit the uh, history of Dr. Gay uh, as an academic and, and what she has done with the power she has at Harvard. But I did want to get to uh, some more of your calls because I got I got you guys today and tomorrow, and then I'm on vacation. Uh, my wife's birthday is Christmas. My birthday is December 28th. So next week is birthday week, and uh, then I will be back with all of you. Clay's going to be in Australia uh, the first week of January. So I'll be solo with you for four of those five days, I think. And uh, Michael Berry, the czar of talk, our, our good buddy and a, and a great radio host, he's uh, stepping in next week to make sure you're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, new shows, uh, live shows going on next week, too. So make sure you tune in for those. Um, we have uh, a few calls up here. Let's see. Uh, Elizabeth in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What's going on, Elizabeth? Hey, Buck. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to, I've been listening to you since the early days of the blaze. Oh, wow. Love, Thank you. Love the morning. Um, yeah. I wanted, today's my birthday. I was calling to wish you a happy birthday on the 28th to welcome you to South Florida and a very Merry Christmas for you and your new lovely wife. And by the way, one of my very favorite Christmas movies, you're not going to believe it, before political correctness, The Muppet Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. <laughs> Interesting. I, you know, I don't. Rem- I've seen that, but I was a kid. I don't really remember it. Uh, first of all, thank you for the kind uh, birthday wishes and happy birthday to you, thank uh, you. fellow fellow South Florida resident. South Florida, South Florida. We South Floridians. This time of year, we feel very wise. We feel very, uh, very smart we're in great- our choice. We're grateful to live here. Yeah, of well, of our geography. As I see, people are uh, try to. Get three feet of snow out from around the car elsewhere. I'm like, well, yes, I had to put on a sweatshirt last night. It was, it was chilly here. 
So anyway, um, but yes, we feel very, very sly this time of year. Um, and, uh, I'll have to check out the Muppet. I'll see if Carrie will want to watch that one with me. We're going to have, I'm going to be with her family for Christmas. So I'm sure we're going to have some, uh, some Christmas movie watching to do and a Muppet Christmas. I, I, I love the Muppets growing up. It was actually my dream for a while to get a French bulldog and name her Miss Piggy. So, <laughs> cause I just thought that would be a good name for a French bulldog. There's probably a million Miss Piggy French bulldogs out there, but thank you for calling in, uh, Elizabeth Ford Lauderdale. Happy birthday. To you, um, we have, wait, where is, uh, yeah, Mark is with us in St. Paul, Minnesota. What's up, Mark? I have a question for you today. If Joe Biden's handling of the border has been ruled illegal by the Supreme Court, why is Congress funding one nickel of anything that touches illegal immigration? Well, okay, so what's going on, Mark? Uh, thank you for calling in. I'll answer your question. What's going on at the border is effectively uh, law enforcement nullification. So they're not enforcing the laws that are on the books. There's very little oversight to stop this other than impeachment, which people are making the case, hey, you know, he is not faithfully executing the laws of office, and that's certainly uh, a case that could be made. I think the only counter case against that really is what are the political ramifications of that in this election year? If you think they're good, well, great. But if you think they're bad, maybe you don't want to do that because there's no chance of removing Biden from office with the Senate as it is. We all know that. Um, and, and I don't even think you can get all the votes you need for impeachment in the House, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's a question of it's really a dereliction of duty issue. It's not a, you know, the, the court isn't weighing in on on this uh, specifically and saying, well, Biden's not doing a good job. So, yeah, uh, the, the money that they're spending is money that is already appropriated for the purposes of the border. They're just not spending it on deportations. They're spending it on, you know, health care for illegals and food and, you know, bring them into the country as fast as they can. Um, we have one more call up that I can get to here. What was it? it was uh, Murray in Colorado, a state we've been talking a lot this week. What's up, Murray? Oh, hi. Yeah, I've just been listening to everything all along. My dad's buried at Arlington National Cemetery, uh, fourth-generation native Colorado. And I just want to, you know, observation, the the people that rewrite history are the most dangerous people in the world, especially in the United States, because when you do that, you you like you say, you remove the truth, you move the progress that we've made, such as Martin Luther King wanting to judge people by the character and not by the color of their skin, which I talked to Rush about, and it just needs to be shouted from the rooftops. These people are absolutely dangerous, and we need to take every kind of stand we can legally and patriotically in the formerly great United States of America before it's utterly destroyed. Very well said, sir. Thank you for calling in. Um, and I'll get to some of your VIP emails in the next hour. I'll take more calls, too, because it's not quite Friday, but because it's almost holiday for me. I feel a little bit, a little, little Friday-like right now. Um, I know it's Thursday. Don't worry. I haven't gotten the dates confused quite yet, although that does happen to me occasionally on the show. Uh, we'll talk to you about Harvard coming up here, the president. I just, I think it's fascinating. It goes right to the heart of the diversity, equity, and inclusion narrative, and really the power structure that exists with it. We'll also return to Joe Biden saying that uh, Donald Trump is an insurrectionist. What is an insurrection? If January 6th was an insurrection, 
What else was an insurrection, right? Let's let's dive into this together, team. Stick around. Third hour. It's going to be entertaining and informative. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.